Let Hotel me. California, one disc. Yep. And then the second disc is a 40th anniversary live thing from the L.A. Forum. Which is really cool. I don't really care. Yeah, nobody cares. I'm really. just waiting. I'm, I'm sitting oh, here. You want I'm me wait. to start the show? Okay, I'm waiting it. for the mayor. I missed something. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 130, April 3rd, 2019. 78 degrees on this day in 1981, 9 degrees on this day in 1877. And as an additional note, I went to my favorite document. Ice out on Minnetonka on this day in 1921, 1976, 1995, 1998, and 2007. And before I turn it over to the theme song... Benjamin writes, I'm glad I found the podcast a couple of months ago. Listen when you were on the radio on my drive home from work. Even did the baby walk in 09. I've had a couple of things on my mind. I find it much easier to see statistics in graph form, so I decided to put the Lake Minnetonka ice out dates in Microsoft Excel to get a graph. I thought you might like to see how the numbers cluster, so I have attached it. The dotted line is the trend line, showing that the dates have been trending down. Not much, though, only about five days in 111 years, meaning the trend line is showing later ice out dates. Not significantly, but the trend line has been later ice out dates. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse. Like a long joke. <laughs> I was waiting spring. for the punchline. <laughs> it's Garage Logic with rookie I, in production. I thought he forgot the intro. of social media. John Hyden in this room. from the Krabby Coffee. How's it going so far, Joe? <laughs> better settle down. Why do you bother to? Works commissioner and keeper I'm going to do that every day sense. now. Me too. No, I'm going to give you the... uh... (laughs) It's like a little bit of a tease. You see 30 seconds of your favorite TV program, then they give you the the open. A warning. I'm sorry, a warning. No, a watch remains in effect for the opener on Friday. The conditions are amenable, but it is only a watch at this point. And for new listeners uh, wondering what the opener means, that is the uh, festive day uh, in the spring in uh, Garage Logic. When the uh, temperature hits 70 and all the garage doors go up all throughout Gumption County and Garage Logic, it's the first day, it's the first Friday in the spring. This is true anywhere above the Mason Dixon line, I would imagine. It's the first Friday in the spring when the garage door goes up. There is a watch right now, a, an opener watch. Uh, it, it, it's not yet a warning, but it's only in the early 60s, yeah. or mid or early we 60s. We have scouts out there is now? Early 60s? Low 60s. 62 to 63 yeah. is what I'm but saying. But you never know. We have people scouting, people working on, uh, what do they call them, models, huh? Whatever no, models. We don't have us. anything like that. We just know a couple of weather forecasts. Oh, okay. I got we're, it. We're reading their forecasts. Do you recall yesterday I mentioned <laughs> that uh, uh, I was having trouble with Trump cheating at golf. Uh, there's no cheating in golf. Right. Yeah. And I said, it's really the only sport where, where that's true. But Eric points out, no, uh, it's very poor sportsmanship to consider cheating in curling. There's no referee. I had That hadn't occurred to me. Oh. That hadn't occurred to me. So both golf and curling, both invented in Scotland, have no referees. Now, there are officials that. you can summon during a golf tournament for a rules question. Marshall I bet that's something. true. I bet that's true of curling as well. So there's there's no kind of referee or judge or anything when nope. they when they tee off or no, no, no. around the hole. Absolutely not. Plus no. curling, you need to be I think a point two zero to perform. Well, I think that's the rule. Yeah. I think they are. They do have referees, 
But they never leave the bar. Right. right. <laughs> They're just sitting at the bar. They the watch on TV. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, also, we're fact-based, uh, and I gave you yesterday in the uh, in the spirit of the festivities that's gripping the metropolitan area because of the Final Four arriving here. By the way, did you see who's going to be playing Nicollet Mall? No. Fits in the tantrums. What? Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Which oh. I imagine is free. What night? Uh, I have it here. Okay. I have it here. Um, Saturday? Sunday? Wednesday. Uh, here, Fits and Tantrums. Uh, we'll play a free show on Nicollet Avenue in Minneapolis. Oh, on Monday before the uh, final game. Oh, cool. Huh. The concert is part of the Final Four's tip-off tailgate, which will bring several activities and a series of concerts to Nicollet Mall over the weekend. Fits and the Tantrums will take the stage at 6 p.m. on Nicollet Avenue and 11th Street. Oh, that neat little uh, mm-hmm. park there by, uh, what's that theater? Bella Diva, a 10-piece show band that covers R&B, rock, and pop, will perform on Friday at 7.30. Good for Gary, a Twin Cities cover band with an emphasis on current and past dance hits. What else is there except current and past? <laughs> Is that PV Plaza, That's Kenny? Sunday at 5.15 p.m. Might is that be, what you're thinking of? Might be, yeah. Uh, and these acts are in addition to the March Madness Music Series, which will bring free concerts to the Armory. The Chainsmokers will perform a free concert there on Friday, followed by the Jonas Brothers on Saturday, and Katy Perry and Zed on Sunday. The shows at the Armory are free? Uh, I don't see anything about wow. pricing here. Good luck mm. getting in there. Yeah, yeah free that... concerts to the Armory. Free wow. concerts at the Armory. Um, you're right, that show, PV Plaza, it's yeah. uh, 11th and Nicholas. That place Mall. is really cool, PV yeah, Plaza. Neat. It's neat. Yeah. Speaking of the final four. I, I have that right here. Oh, okay, later on. Okay, no, good. it's right. Well, I'll do it right oh, now. okay. Yeah. Uh, few things trigger ho- hoots of derision more than an egregious typo, and denizens of downtown Minneapolis have spotted one whale of a misspelling <laughs> related to the NCAA Final Four. A set of placards destined for the NCAA Final Four tip-off tailgate event in Minneapolis aimed to sternly inform attendees about the ground rules, but they lose a little bit of their gravitas because of what is emblazoned at the top. Liability disclaimer. Hmm. And liability is spelled liability. I forgot the A. And I, I think that's fitting given that the Academy is so failed that here, here comes here comes here comes the colleges and they can't spell liability. Maybe this is how they're gonna be talking you know, no, liability. You know, we assume no liability. And of course it references the N C C A. Not the NCAA. Is it really? Yes, that's the second <laughs> mistake. Maybe it's a different organization it helping them out. It could yeah. be. Maybe they're in town. Oh, so, my have, God, you're right. The NCCA. They, yeah. got, they spelled liability wrong, and they got NCAA Damn wrong. Damn it. Who put Gary in charge of spelling? <laughs> oh. welcome, welcome, friends. Welcome to the failed academy. Right. Oh, fact-based. Remember I did the 10 best, supposedly the 10 best burgers? Yeah. Even though you were making fun of it to set up that that this is the kind of thing we love. But yes, I remember you doing this. And I did them in order, believing that I was giving them best to worst. Yes. No, uh, Steve writes, I I believe you were just stating them (laughs) alphabetically. (laughs) I just... uh, That's funny. (laughs) And he says, to top it off, I think they missed the best one, the Nook in St. Paul. I would agree. That should be on the list for sure. Got it alphabetically. Have you fellas set foot inside the armory since they redid it? I have not. It is really neat. There's a really... uh, Rob Lear is promoting a boxing match that's coming up there very soon. Yeah, they do fights a lot. I would really like to see a boxing match at the armory. I think that would be really cool. But I know it's a great concert venue as well. Do you have ham for Easter? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what else you can get at Grandhoffer's Meat Market out in Hugo? What? Double smoked hams for Easter. Why this do doesn't you do this? smell like when you walk in your grandmother's apartment and you smelled that boiling oh, ham. Yeah, this is, this is the simple. only way to have ham. Smoked ham at Grunhofer's oh. in Hugo. I'm talking about Grunhofer's Meat Market. Spencer Grunhofer, he's a meat cutter. He's the owner. I'm still liking my idea of setting up a bracket for the brat challenge. <laughs> yes. 125 flavors of brats all made on site. A uh, huge variety of jerky, beef, chicken, full steak selection, cut to your preference. You like double smoked bacon? Yes. They'll cut it to whatever thickness you want for I the like grill. It thick. And if you're confused about the grill, yep. they'll tell you what the hell's to do. Yeah, they'll tell you how to prepare it properly, so it's uh, it's well, as tasty as can be. Everybody there is a meat expert. They have the uh, they have the answers to your questions from preparation to serving, and again for Easter. The double smoked ham coming up at uh, Grundhofer's. You can find them online at Grundhofer Meat Market. That's one word, GrundhoferMeatMarket.com. These are old-fashioned meats. It's just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities on Highway 61 in Hugo. And there's no better ham than a double smoked ham for Easter from Grundhofer. I don't know that these should be included in the podcast because my mouth starts watering and I want to leave to go up there. Right but now. they sell meat. That's why you're going to have to hear True. on the podcast. Uh, after listening to Joe's rant on walk-up music, writes uh, Rob, I, I have a thought. Since he is willingly subjecting himself to Positive Thursday once again, I think the yin and yang of life should dictate a small change in the decorum of the show. I say to balance out Positive Thursday, Joe gets one rant a week where he gets to use whatever the hell vocabulary he wants. <laughs> it is a podcast, after all, and I think even your most buttoned-down listeners would understand. You could even warn everyone to fast-forward 10 minutes if they have sensitive ears. The only problem would be having half your audience die in a car crash driving <laughs> off the road laughing. Uh, I, will take it under, uh, I will take it under advisement to have a... Uh, to have a, day, a weekly rant. How about okay. Meltdown Monday? Kind of a verbal groin kick. Sure, yeah. yeah. Now, tomorrow, like. I've set myself up for Positive Thursday. Nice. I'm making every attempt. Hmm. I'd like to have you have a meltdown every show. <laughs> I don't want to get groin kicked. That's for other people. Yeah, but if you're going to have a... Well, I suppose we don't want a groin kick. You One last thought from the email before we get on to more heartfelt matters. Uh, who, who wrote this? Jeff. My wife sent me this. I don't know where she got it, but she is somewhat right of Attila the Hun. (laughs) Here is a suggestion to break the left's ridiculous gender ideology and denial of biological reality. President Trump should make a declaration that he is now identifying as a woman. The left will have to admit the absurdity of their gender ideology or accept and celebrate Donna Trump. It's the first women president, thus beating Hillary, Liz Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, and Kirsten Gillibrand to the glorious goal of one of their female firsts. Furthermore, if he remains married to Melania, he will also be the first gay president and the first lesbian president. (laughs) He also will be the first lesbian president married to an immigrant. What a most glorious event for the Democrats to celebrate. Keep pushing back. Where's the... This doesn't work. God. Oh. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. I don't know what this is. 
I don't know if I've come across the greatest kick in the pants to the salon. I don't know if it's a ray of hope. I don't know. St. Paul is now left without a bicycle sharing program. Oh, no. What? Lime and Nice Ride have pulled their fleets to remain exclusively in Minneapolis. This sounds like a job for the chief resiliency officer. Come on, Stark. <laughs> Are you kidding me? St. Paul has no bike sharing service. A week after Lime announced that its dockless green bikes would not return to the city, Nice Ride on Tuesday confirmed St. Paul is no longer in its service area. Huh. Did we pay them off? Did we in, build enough bike lanes? I wonder if we paid them off over in Minneapolis. Ex- exclusivity. Yeah, but each, if you want to be a big city, you need to have these. Every big city does. St. Paul surprised some in the cycling community uh, last year when it awarded the contract to operate the city's dockless bike sharing program to San Francisco-based Lime instead of Minneapolis-based Nice Ride which had provided bike sharing in the Twin Cities for almost a decade. Equally surprising was Lyme's decision to pull bikes from St. Paul streets less than a year into the two-year agreement. What the hell is this? St. Paul wasn't good enough for Lyme? Yeah, I don't understand this. St. Paul gives Lyme the contract over a local outfit in Minneapolis, Nice Ride, and now Lyme is joining Nice Ride to service only Minneapolis. Uh, that's lame. Where is our I think, resiliency officer? I think I think we should be upset by this. I don't think we should be happy. I think we should go into business, buy a bunch of clapped out old cruddy bikes, and <laughs> set throw up, them down. That's a nice th- ride. Throw our shingle out and set up business. Listen to this jargon. While the cities have gone down different paths for shared mobility operators, and nice ride won't be in St. Paul this riding season. We are continuing the conversation with partners there and excited by the idea that the city of St. Paul may join us in our collaborative process, Nice Ride official said Tuesday in an emailed statement. I'm reading from the Pioneer Press. Hmm. Despite Nice Ride's long history in St. Paul, the company's user base skews toward Minneapolis. As of summer 2018, St. Paul was home to a quarter of Nice Ride docking stations, but just 7% of its rides originated there. For its part, Lime will continue to offer its dockless electric scooters in St. Paul for the 2019 season. Isn't that a kick in the what, pants? What, yes. what you have to do there is you have to read between the lines. What are they really saying? And you living on the east side, you obviously have no idea what they're saying. You I do can't, know. You can't read between the lines. Me being from the proper side of the river, I can <laughs> I can tell you what exactly what I, that I'm probably going to share your sentiments. Says, that memo says you uh, you guys over on the east side of, of the river, you're a bunch of degens, and you're not worthy of our bikes. You don't pay. You steal. You're thieving. Uh, you, a lot of you are Irish, and most of you are drunk. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a read. I wasn't going to go that so far. So shut on up. <laughs> I was going to say, you're just not cosmopolitan enough for us. Not uh, worthy. As we, as we look down from our windows in the salon, we just don't see much activity there compared to our uh, hippies, uh, hippie and uh, lovelorn brethren in Minneapolis. Uh, we're going to stick with Minneapolis. It's, it's hipper. Uh, there's more people. Uh, we're going to make more money. And you poor rubes, you're just going to lose out. Now, Let me how add- can Lime break a two-year agreement? Is there anybody in the city that's hmm. going to say, wait a minute, Lime, you got a two-year agreement here? I wonder if any money has already changed hands. I have no idea. I wish if we were on, on radio right now, we could throw open the phone lines because I'd really love to hear from people that actually rent these things because I have one question for all of you. Seriously, yeah. 
Don't you feel like a dink riding that thing? Mm-hmm. You look like a dink. You got to feel like a dink. I can tell you. You got to know you're a dink when you're riding one. Of I those. can tell you from experience being downtown St. Paul, who has been, who I have seen on these, and it's the 20 year old who really has nowhere to go, doesn't have any books or any satchel or anything like that. He's just, it's fun to cruise up and down the St. Paul streets. Here's what I've always wanted to know why haven't bicycle shop owners gotten together and say, we don't want this stuff in town. We're trying to make a living right. here. I've never heard a peep of complaint out of any bicycle shop owner. That's a pretty good idea. What the hell are they doing? Ames, well, 110, Eric the Bike Man. Yeah, they're all over town. I've got a guy I go to down on Bloomington Avenue, deep in South Minneapolis. And yeah, you got to believe he's hurting because he could be selling beach cruisers. Right. You Is know, that Penn? Penn Cycle? Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, Nokomis Cycle, I got think it. it's called. Uh, but yeah, these, he could be selling these hundred dollar beach cruisers. What's a beach cruiser? Big a fat f- tire, big one? fat tire, laid back, uh, yeah. old style. Well, in any event, the the, uh, the, the bicycle yeah. shop owners yeah. big have never uh, have never really complained about uh, having their business cut into in that manner. Do they not have a lot? They must have some type of lobby because bikes are you know uh, regulated with registration. And so forth. they've got all these bike lanes. You know what you've got here? You've got a column. You need to go down to some of these bike shops and just mm-hmm. kind of stroll in like you're shopping around and go, hey, hey, what do you think about, you know, light some fires, ruff, ruffle some feathers. I still am offering five bucks for uh, any photo of the chief resiliency officer on his bicycle, mm-hmm. Russ Stark. And I, we don't qualify. Have we had great bicycle riding weather the last week or so? Uh, yes. I haven't seen, 50s, haven't seen 40s. anybody on Pelham where they took half the street. Haven't seen a soul. Oh. Saw somebody walking there. In the bike lane? In the bike is lane. Is that legal? I think so. Oh. <laughs> but isn't that something? Lime is saying to St. Paul, the hell with you. We're going to stay in Minneapolis. Yeah. Okay, refresh my memory from last year. When they, when, they, when they just dumped these on the corners, St. Paul, the city was upset, correct? Because they were not registered and they were just, it was a free-for-all. And that's mm-hmm. what upset St. Paul. I had one. Remember I told you that story? Yeah, I remember. I had one and I got... Really worked up a good tirade. <laughs> well, my kid, or my kid, the kid I used to have and his kid went and got one and dragged it to the house. <laughs> left in the yard. We'll <laughs> leave this for the uh, grandpa I used to. No have. wonder we like his kids so much. <laughs> to the point where I had to call Lyme. I Come think again. I was talking to somebody in San Francisco saying, if you don't get this bleeping thing off my yard, it's going in the trash. <laughs> it's going in the recycling well, Do bin. they have tracking devices on them? No, you you got you got people that go out every night. They're like uh, rustlers, and uh, nope. they get a fee for returning the bikes to various stations. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. or, or they bring them and charge them at home and remember then bring them Remember the there was a garage fire last year? Yes. So some moron right. blew up yeah. his garage trying to charge one of these things? Yes. Oh, they're those. They're bad. I uh-huh. got gotcha. you. Remember the first bike sharing program we had about 10, 15 years ago? No. Yellow. S- some guy, yeah, bought up. It was my idea. Bought up 100 junkers, put them out there. They all got ripped off. Right. Every single <laughs> one of them. <laughs> and it was the complete euphorian thing. Just take this yellow bike and leave it when you're done for somebody else. Yeah, but once the time expired on the previous renter, the wheels wouldn't turn. They're tough to steal. You know what that thing is? Scrap metal. Oh, it is. That's what I told them in San Francisco. We're going to turn this into something else. Get your lime-colored scrap metal the hell out of here. (laughs) I believe in internal combustion. 
My bike riding days are behind me. Um, my son was recently in D.C., and they are thriving. Those scooters are everywhere. He said it's cheaper than an Uber. So the young kids, those are the only people that you're not going to get on a scooter like that. It's an unnecessary risk. No, well, that's not. not a scooter. It's a bicycle. No, but the, the electric scooters operated by this outfit will remain in St. Paul. So you can get hammered and get on a scooter and crash into a stop. Wow. Do you still have your gas-powered scooter? Me? Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. you? Yeah. Hmm. She's not running right now, but, uh, you know. I can get parts for the scooter from Dennis Kirk. They have more than 160,000 different parts. They'll take care of me. It's 155cc scooter. Uh, order today by 8 o'clock. You'll get it tomorrow from DennisKirk.com. A beautiful lawn is just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Log on, fire up that phone, schedule a free in-person, no-obligation lawn care estimate right now at ProfessionalTurf.com. You do that, a seasoned lawn care vet's going to come to your house, analyze your situation, then come up with a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed control program that's not only environmentally safe, but also absolutely guaranteed for superior results. You will have the best lawn on the block. Do it now, ProfessionalTurf.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. John Heights News, brought to us by ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, Wednesday, Minnesota United holding its first official team practice at its new home in St. Paul. Many last-minute touches are happening right now inside the Allianz field before the home opener, including lighting the scoreboard and manicuring the field. The team's home opener is next weekend. The match will put the city's transportation plan to the test. City planners say they hope fans leave their cars at home and either walk or bike to the stadium. <laughs> nice. According to officials, 20,000 people are expected to attend the match, which could mean traffic problems. Officials at the intersection of Snelling and University Avenues will see a lot of traffic. Uh, they do say they have a plan that they hope will ease the uh, parking pain. There is no place to park. There will be 2,500 parking spaces at the state fairgrounds. And stadium shuttles. That's five miles from there. Well, stadium shuttles will be available. Yeah, about two miles, maybe. Light rail lines will also carry about 600 people per trip. City officials say the east and west light rail platforms on Snelling Avenue will be able to handle up to 1,800 passengers waiting. Do you think people are going to flood the Target parking lot and, uh, you know, uh, businesses along the That's the a line? good question. What does Target do to protect its uh, proprietary uh, uh, interests there? Maybe throw some guards out there. But know. You know people are going to do that. It's a short walk. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't there. do any underground parking there. Well, the whole point of soccer is it's a game from the salon. They don't want your car. Mm. It's all part of a package. <laughs> Although I, I don't give two hoots about soccer. It's all part soccer. of a conspiracy. <laughs> you know what? As ludicrous as that sounds, you're absolutely I right. I you're absolutely have right. You guys, I, don't, I don't plan on really giving a rip much about soccer, but have you guys seen the But craft, you're going to the first game. No, but have you seen the craft beer bar they have inside that stadium? No. no. It's unreal. They really? have 70-some tap handles. And it's wow. not only open during games. Yeah. It's open it's, uh, regularly. Huh. So you no wonder the they don't want you cooking. driving. I didn't know that part, so then I don't even have to watch soccer. Right. I can so, just go there and check out the bar. I'm not oh. sure the hours, but I know that it is open when there is not a game. Cool. John Knight. Governor Tim Wall said he expects to use his first State of the State address Wednesday to share stories of Minnesotans he's met. And how his agenda 
how his agenda could help their lives. He told that to the Star Tribune in an interview this week, and he'll do it without a prepared text. That means he's too lazy to write a speech. Wall <laughs> said he hopes to use the annual occasion to break through some of the gridlock currently gripping the only divided legislature in the country. Walls, who was a high school geography teacher for 20 years, likened his approach to most major speeches to his days riffing in the classroom with outlines of his speech, like his old lesson plans. Okay. Tyrant coming? <laughs> Come on. Couple People of, uh... he's met, Joe. I mean, over his travels across the great state of Minnesota, forget the gas tax, forget the increase in uh, state income tax. It's You want to know about people he's oh, met. We can't get him out of our, our little town I'm from. He's always hanging out at the liquors and gun show uh, store and... Tell him, hey, get out! The walls, get out of here! Lingering in the laundromat. So, will we learn he's he's met more people than he's receiving than the number of pensions he's receiving? He's got a lot of pensions. Yeah. Couple of local business items. Creative Kid Stuff is closing the doors of its six Twin Cities area locations by June thirtieth. What? Yep. A toy store announced it would begin offering discounts as part of the closure starting Wednesday. Isn't that today? No, that's tomorrow. You it's know today. what? Give them a today. Block. Give him a block of wood and some sandpaper. Shut up, kid. Right. <laughs> CEO Roberta Bonoff said in a statement, paint. Our mission has always been making play joyful, educational, creative, and inspiring. It's been our pleasure to be part of such a fundamental experience for all families. What? Creative Kid Stuff was founded in 1982. Yes, in That's an interesting story. Uh-huh. There, there's got to be some... Do, do we have a reason they're closing? None. No. I have a guess. I have a guess, too. Amazon. Not only that, but uh, kids uh, interested. I, I doubt if they sell much electronic stuff. Exactly. The creative kids stuff. Yeah. Well, um, and kids are now so technologically advanced that they don't want to play with a set of wood blocks and a piece of sandpaper. <laughs> I will tell you this: uh, my oldest daughter worked at Creative Kids stuff for quite some time, and it was the customer <laughs> service that set Creative Kids stuff above the rest. I wonder if that has tailed off. How about this paper bag? Spray paint. Yeah. A little huffing. <laughs> Look, it's wow. a fire truck. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm I'm informing those around me to get over there because yeah. uh, they've frequented those stores, and now you're going to get stuff for pennies on the dollar. Well, and that's why I, because when you had, you had mentioned this to me, and I emailed my wife, and she said, well, I usually get this stuff on Amazon. Well, there you go. And I thought, well, that's exactly why yeah. they're closing their doors. And the uh, Loon Cafe. Way to go, Bezos. You're closing creative kids stuff. Right. A downtown Minneapolis staple for 37 years is opening another location, this time in downtown St. Paul. It'll open later this spring. The Loon will be moving into the former Great Waters Brewing Company space on St. Peter's Street. Nice location. Great mm-hmm. Waters closed its doors last November. Most of Loon Cafe's existing menu with chili, grilled cheese, Philly-style sandwiches, wild rice soup, and walleye dishes will transfer over to St. Paul. Uh, Tim Mahoney, the owner, said the staff will also add some new menu items through head chef Brian Turner, who has worked at the Loon in Minneapolis since the 1980s. Construction of the space currently underway. The team will gut the bar, take out old brewing equipment, and upgrade some of the kitchen equipment. Minneapolis-based Smart Associates is designing the space, while St. Paul-based Jagger Construction is handling the build-out. The new Loon Cafe location will be around 3,600 square feet and will seat about 165 people. It'll also have an outdoor patio that will seat 60. Got to have an outdoor people. patio. You people do, in Minnesota yeah. sit in the alley next to the dumpster if it could be outside. <laughs> Johnny, true. Forgive me. You've been to the old one? The one in the Minneapolis? Loon? Minneapolis, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, the Loon? yeah, right outside uh, oh. Butler Square. Chili's wonderful. In Butler Square. 
Sorry, did you say that one's not closing? They're just opening no, up a second location. Opening a second okay, one. gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Because I was I was there on Sunday for the Twins game. It was packed. Yeah, Lori Lightfoot won a resounding victory Tuesday night to become the first openly American woman and openly gay person elected mayor of Chicago, dealing a stinging defeat to political establishment that's reigned over City Hall and the Windy City for decades. So she's black. Yes, she is. Female, gay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and a I'm, progressive. Being the juvenile. That's a trifecta. Being yep. the juvenile I am, mm-hmm. you know, the only thing I can think of mm-hmm. when, I, when I hear Lightfoot. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's yes. exactly what I thought. <laughs> yes. Everybody. Well, she was oh, black and gay <laughs> and progressive, they say. And now she's the mayor of Chicago. She's taking her turn where the city will burn, but she's leading it up to the people. <laughs> she's got Chicago. five new council members who are socialists. That's all I could think of. I know I'm a, I'm a juvenile. Well, that's a good yeah. thing. That's the only reason. Did we lose Fogelberg? Did we lose who? That was Gordon Lightfoot. That was Gordon Lightfoot. That's the whole point of the bit. No, it was Jesus. No, it was just Jesus. See, her name is Lightfoot. Right? That was completely that was honest. Bit. I was not trying to be silly. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God! Yep. See, Did her name was Fogelberg. I was. I got confused. <laughs> her name would have had to be Lori Fogelberg this, then for that right. for that to work. This see. is a kind of a continuation of the absurd conversation that went on for 30 minutes before the broadcast it was began. An important conversation between Chris and uh, John over here. It was a very. But I learned something important. Made both Joe and I feel like uh, we need to go to the rope and the rafter mm-hmm. uh, and the chair store and mm-hmm. uh, maybe you know why? make some purchases. <laughs> That's Fogelberg. There you go. There That's you go. Fogelberg. Okay, Gordon. Not Gordon Lightfoot. It's yeah. like two different Eagles albums. Like Give one's a, a studio. Give me a rafter. <laughs> what? It's an anniversary edition. See, with Could the you studio kick this version. chair out for me, Joe? <laughs> I'd be glad to. <laughs> uh, Lightfoot had been considered a long shot bid when she started all this in May. Uh, she is. Uh, she does have experience. She was part of the Daily administration. Isn't she a federal prosecutor? Yes, she was. Yep. Uh, new, they, she and her wife have a child, have a daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. I have that. some more Chicago stuff coming up after the oh, news. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. I have two copies of the same story. I'm glad I don't live in Cook County. Yeah. Best B.B. King album ever recorded. Oh, Live at the Cook County Jail. Yeah. Wonderful. Although I like Live at the Regal better. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. They're both very good, though. They're both very good. <laughs> America's love affair with SUVs, still burning strong, apparently, but it wasn't bright enough to lift the auto industry to sales growth in the first quarter of 2019. Smaller tax refunds, concerns about tariffs and higher interest rates caused some consumers to hold off on new vehicle purchases. For the first three months of the year, several major automakers reported year-over-year sales declines. That includes General Motors, Fiat, Chrysler, Toyota, and Nissan. Honda, Volkswagen, Kia, and Subaru sales rose a bit. Ford delayed its sales release until Thursday. Uh, In case you're wondering, the uh, things that did pick up in the first quarter of the year, Mm -hmm. uh, Ram pickups. Their first quarter sales were up 15.4%. They sold over 120,000 of the Ram pickups. Diesel? Diesel? All Ram pickups. Yeah. Uh, Kia Tellurides, which I didn't know what they were until I saw a picture with the story. Crossover? 
It's, yeah, a small SUV, like a family SUV mm-hmm. kind of thing. The Acura RDX, their sales were up almost 35%, selling wow. almost 15,000 of those. Uh, the Chevrolet Trax first quarter sales also rose by What's about that? 20 How is that? Is that with an, an X? X? It's, oh. an, it's an ugly little... Oh, uh, God, if, uh, is, and it's with an X. Couldn't say that. It is with an X. It's a little SUV that... Uh, you know, what a disconnect between this country's supposed uh, occupation with uh, climate change and the di- the disappearance of the sedan from the automobile yeah, world. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? If you were yeah. going to buy a hot hatch right now, uh, what would you buy? And yeah. I mean brand new. Don't go to your uh, don't go to your half car. I'm going. No, I would I would go and see what Volkswagen had to offer. I asked a couple of employees about the uh, Volkswagen, and they, they both of them separately told me, stay far, far away from Volkswagen. You've got to be kidding me. No, they said... Uh, Best car I ever owned was my half car. Was, well, that was a race car. I know. Um, they both said Toyota. They, they said Japan. Go to Japan. Hmm. But doesn't the, the rise of like what Rook's looking at, the crossover SUV, that has more to do with convenience of the family... <laughs> As opposed to the the the, the attack of the, the global alarmist, don't you think? Pardon? I wasn't listening. <laughs> I'm well, just going to go sit over I'm here. I'm very attracted Chris, to that Volkswagen. I, I love that you're, thing. You're, whoever told you that's full of baloney. Well, he works on cars for a living. Well, he he's doesn't been know doing, what he's talking about. He's been doing it for 40 <laughs> well, years. that's not enough time. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, so I was saying the SUV, the it's because of it's because of convenience, don't you think? As opposed to the sedan? I don't know. They make a great deal of sense in this godforsaken state when you get 14 feet of snow in February. Right. Okay. But they've made all of them to look the same, which is... Yep. Yeah, you're right. Just, That's because of all awful. the tests they have to pass. All the wind tunnel uh, tests have to be the same for all of them, and the aerodynamics have to be the same. It's very hard for them to get an identity. Have you guys seen the uh, prototypes? I guess they're coming out uh, in a month or so, the new uh, Jeep pickups. I've not seen Gladiators? That. No. Well, hmm. they're, they're very well, cool. If you like Jeeps... You'd, you'd like them. What they was excellent. that hot little hatch Volkswagen I was so hot on last week? The Golf GTI? I love that yeah, car. Yeah, me too. He told me don't do it. Well, I, I can't but help I, you. I absolutely love it. I think the guy's crazy. And the price is wonderful. Do you have any stats on uh, 92 Taurus four-door, <laughs> the XL version? Are those still... Are those like going to be pimped out like a Chevy Impala? You might want to hang on to it. Collector's yeah, item, right. collector's item right. soon. Twenty-seven five ninety-five right now, brand new. John, yeah, pick it up. <laughs> okay, uh, to Arkansas, man. I love this story. Are accused of taking turns in a bulletproof vest and shooting each other. Fifty-year-old <laughs> yep. Charles Ferris was on his back deck drinking. With his neighbor, 36-year-old Christopher Hicks, on Sunday when the yep. incident there happened. There they are, boys. Right, right there. You know what that is? Trust. Oh, yeah. They look like my people. Ferris was, oh, my God. Ferris was wearing a bulletproof vest and told Hicks to shoot him with the vest on. Hicks shot Ferris in the chest one time with a twenty two caliber semi-automatic rifle, according to the report. Here's Kenny with news. From the crappy coffee shop. <laughs> so it's Sunday fun day on the back porch. <laughs> we got the garbage fire going in the barrel. I just trimmed my goatee. And I was about 24 in 
around 2 p.m. Oh. What are you going to do now? <laughs> Old Chris came over. I said, watch this. Still had my vest on from last night because I was, I was up to the bar. Oh, <laughs> up to the bar. The bullet hit Ferris in the top left corner of his chest. The vest stopped the bullet. The shot still hurt Ferris and left him with a red mark on his chest. Ferris then took the vest off and Hicks put it on. Well, Ferris was still a little angry about getting shot and how much it hurt. Says he unloaded the clip oh. into Christopher's back, according to the police report. But remember, they're using a twenty-two. Hmm. Luckily for uh, Hicks, none of the rounds penetrated the vest, but he did suffer some bruises. Ferris went to the local hospital, and staff members notified local law enforcement. Take that, you animal. 22 round, about as big as this pencil eraser, mm-hmm. Joe. Pretty small. Yeah. A little harder, though. I still wouldn't do it. Yeah, a lot harder, John. Lead. Thanks. Ferris initially told deputies a story about being paid $200 to protect a, quote, (laughs) asset, and that he was shot guarding the, quote, (laughs) asset. See, I'm shocked that they even knew the word asset. (laughs) From a man wearing a white suit near a bicycle and walking trail. Wouldn't you love to be uh, a a fly on the wall listening to that conversation? Look, here's what we're going to tell them. Yeah, but what happened, John? Well, Ferris later... Turns out, didn't one of the wives show up? Ferris later... No, no. Uh, well, yes, but no. Ferris later told deputies about wow. drinking with Hicks and how they shot each other with bulletproof vests after deputies spoke with Ferris's wife, who yeah. spilled the beans. Yeah, the line I have, his wife arrived at the hospital, told cops about the men's dare while drinking, according to the report. You know what she did? She FFLF'd them. Yes, yeah, she oh, did. Right. Female fun limitation factor. Yep. Yes, they were having a great time. She goes in and says, but, don't believe a word they said. They were right. shooting each other, and they were drunk. But did you see they're both, there's a possibility they're both going to jail. Well, yeah, both arrested on suspicion Can't we just do a assault. no harm, no foul can't thing? Can't you shoot each other on your porch oh, in Arkansas I mean, without having to go to hell. jail? Nobody else got hurt. I'll bet they just agree to something. But meanwhile, how, oh, that alcohol, that's, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink as much as you possibly can. 24 in? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, old Stell. <laughs> Why do you keep moving? I'm not. <laughs> a New York woman says... Shoot that gun, you wussy. You're waving it around like a flag. <laughs> <laughs> a New York woman says she was fired last month from a job as a middle school math teacher after a student came into possession of an old topless photo of her without her consent. Lauren Miranda's firing amounted, she says, to sex discrimination... Her attorney said that in a press release announcing a lawsuit against Suffolk County's South Country School District. The lawyer, John Ray, said Lauren Miranda was an excellent math teacher by all accounts. Long ago, she sent her topless, unremarkable selfie to her companion, never to anyone else. By unknown means, a student obtained it. The school district took possession and fired her because her breasts were displayed. I'd groin kicked the little brat who had the picture, and I wouldn't fire her. Uh, the real question Why is, in the hell should she get fired? I, I, I don't think she should, John. No, either I'm, do I, I John. Well, Although, as a newsman, I probably shouldn't venture right. an opinion. The, the question is, how does she look? She was a pretty gal. I didn't see the picture of the... Is, uh, one, is she lopsided? One's bigger than the other? I mean, does is there cause... In other words, so, there has to be cause for firing. Is there cause for offense? Yeah. First, I called Does her, she have, like, Inzi's nipples or I, something? I called her pretty gal, and then Kenny wants to know her breasts look. How's right. this going? Well, right. there's a reason she got fired. No, she got fired for... Because of, she uh, says it was the people in the front office are ridiculous. Does she have hair growing out of the nips? She's <sighs> Ray's law very firm. Very attractive woman. Yeah, she is. Very uh, attractive. Ray's law firm, by the way, released the selfie That's to the her? media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Released the selfie to the media and provided court documents claiming the Long Island District had objectified women 
in its handling of the situation. Uh, I'm on her side. The district, though, claimed Miranda was not a good role model because of the picture. The photo surfaced in January, and Miranda was terminated last week after she had been placed on administrative leave. Uh, she says, my career has been ruined, my reputation tarnished, I've been stigmatized, everything I've worked so hard for since I was 18 years old has been stolen from me because of one innocuous selfie. The 25-year-old Miranda took the picture in 2016, sent it to a romantic partner who also worked at the school. She said she does not know how the student came into possession of the photo. Miranda wants $3 million in damages from the school district, according to documents. Of what the about case. all those poor seventh grade boys that are looking for a little extra math help when they were going in early? And now she's gone. We were talking about wheels before. Let's talk about two wheels. Located right here in Minnesota, DennisKirk.com, trusted retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for you and your bike. Huge in-stock selection, guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and satisfaction guarantee makes Dennis Kirk the best in the business. Check this out. If you buy a motorcycle helmet or apparel item and you put it on and the wife comes out and says that's not your color or it doesn't fit, you don't like it, no problem. DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. DennisKirk.com. Order by 8 o'clock today and get it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh. Get a different point of view and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs. A professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. An LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip. Not a nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. As John mentioned in his news, former federal prosecutor Lori Lightfoot defeated Tony Preckwinkle. Uh, do you know that Tony was from is from St. Paul? Yeah. Went to Washington High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, former federal prosecutor Lori Lightfoot defeated Tony Preckwinkle in a runoff for Chicago mayor. Yesterday, she will be the first openly gay person and first black woman to lead the city. Uh, That's all fine. Uh, What I find more uh, concerning is that she is a mysterium, by her own admission, a progressive. And then uh, you'll also note in the same election, socialists surged to victories in the Chicago City Council. So we're not even pretending anymore that we're not socialists. We're identifying as socialists. Even though we're not. A total of four Democratic socialists and possibly a fifth won races for aldermen either in Feb or in Tuesday's runoff. That fifth candidate, Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez, is trailing longtime uh, alderman Deb Mel by only a few dozen votes. Mel, whose family has represented the 33rd Ward for more than 40 years. <laughs> Do you think there's any shenanigans there? No. Is hoping that mail ballots will help her maintain her seat. 
Two members are backed by the Democratic Socialists of America, one in the first round in February. Carlos Ramirez Rosa won re-election in the 35th Ward, and in the first ward, Daniel Laspada defeated veteran alderman Proco Joe Marino. God help us with Chicago. Two more uh, Democratic Socialists of America supported candidates, one in the runoff. On Tuesday, Andre Vasquez beat Alderman Patrick O'Connor, who was Mayor Emanuel's floor leader. O'Connor was also named chairman uh, of the powerful finance committee after Alderman Ed Burke was indicted on federal corruption charges. Finally, Byron Sigcho-Lopez won his runoff in the 25th Ward. Incumbent Alderman Danny Solis, who has reportedly been cooperating with federal investigators in their ongoing City Hall corruption probe, did not seek another term. So you got a lot of new socialists on the city council. Uh, And you have a mayor, a new mayor. I don't know if she identifies as a Democratic Socialist, but she certainly identifies as a uh, progressive. Meanwhile, what does this mean for the future of Chicago? Most people in Chicago are not socialists. Meanwhile, in Venezuela, Venezuela's Supreme Court called Monday for Juan Guaido to be stripped of his legislative immunity, tightening the noose on the opposition chief just days after authorities announced a ban on him on him holding public office. As the battle plays out, the country has been hit by a series of devastating blackouts that have left millions without water, prompting the government to replace the country's energy minister and institute power rationing in a bid to address the outrages. Outages. What did uh, socialists? Uh, how did socialists <laughs> hydrate themselves before they drank sewer water? I'm trying to think. What did they do? Well, they went to their faucet in their house. <laughs> <laughs> How did socialists uh, illuminate uh, themselves before candles? Uh, the sun. Electricity. Oh, they used yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, three major blackouts hit Venezuela in March, worsening already dire living and economic conditions in the country and prompting authorities to take steps aimed at curbing the outages. Maduro, whose government has blamed terrorists for alleged attacks that have damaged the country's main hydroelectric power plant, announced that he was Igor Gavidia Leon. Uh, to replace uh, General Luis Mata Dominguez as energy minister. The new minister is an electrical industry worker with 25 years of experience. Oh, oh, sure. On Sunday, Maduro announced 30 days of electricity rationing uh, after his government said it was shortening the workday and schools kept closed. The measures are a stark admission by the government that there is not, an elect, not, enough, not enough electricity to go around and the power crisis is in Venezuela to stay. With no electricity, pumping stations can't work, so water service is limited. Street lights and traffic lights go dark. Pumps at fuel stations stand idle. Cell phone and Internet service is non-existent. People try to find water wherever they can, from springs, leaky pipes, gutters, Government-controlled Jeez. tankers and little wow. and the little water that flows through the Guerre River in Caracas. We fill up from a well near here, but we don't know if it's drinkable, but we're going to use it, said Aramar Vale, who lives in the capital. Angel, Angel Vasquez said he bathed at work because he didn't have water at home. Uh, and there's a brain drain. Crippled infrastructure, little investment in the power grid, and poor maintenance have all contributed to the country's electricity woes. A brain drain. Of qualified personnel has also hit the industry with about 25,000 people in the electricity sector among the 2.7 million Venezuelans who have emigrated since 2015. Another problem was the deprofessionalization of the sector, the electric sector, when Chavez nationalized the power company in 07, a move that led to 
pro-government loyalists taking positions as managers and engineers of the electricity grid. In other words, they knew nothing about it. Wow. Now, Chicago just elected five new socialists and a mayor who has socialist leanings. I'm not suggesting that Chicago is anywhere near this, but that's where we're headed. Why don't socialists... We're headed there. How come socialists don't see this? They've they've repeated this error throughout history since the invention of socialism. Because each new band of socialists that comes along says it's only failed because they didn't have me. I can make it work. Why do people buy that? Well, you and I don't. Garage logicians don't. Uh, but uh, they continue to get a lot of purchase and traction on the ground with the idea that they're going to make life more equitable but for people these, and provide them with free stuff. But these people, I mean, Rook said they're not socialists in Chicago, but yeah, for uh, Matt, they, they elected them in. Mm-hmm. So obviously they are. Obviously th- they think their version of socialism is going to fly. It's going to be the answer. Yeah, the only it's it's going to work this time. What do you think uh, uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex believes? She believes the only reason it hasn't worked is because I haven't been here yet to tell you how to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so dangerous because they're going to act on it now and, and try to implement what they believe, and the people are going to go, wait a minute, we didn't. Back to Chicago. Although a nonpartisan election, the candidates in the February election, like Tuesday's runoff, were all attached in varying degrees to the Democratic Party. The Republican Party has virtually disappeared from the city of Chicago. Wow. Well, it's disappeared from the city of St. Paul. Minneapolis. It's disappeared from the city of Minneapolis. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, that's a clue to a quiz you're all going to get later. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely you are to see the disappearance of the Republican Party. Or I I should just say conservative thinking, GL thinking. And for that matter, the DFL, the Democratic Farmer Labor Party. It's nothing like the party that my grandpa voted for, right. a lifelong oh, resident God, of no. South Minneapolis. God, no. Staunch well, Democrat. Hell, I'm liberal. What, what we're seeing now, these aren't liberals. Right. These are socialist Marxists. These yes. are Mysterians. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the Kennedy Democrat that your grandparents were, they were basically so, Republicans. Instead of saying, Republicans, where are you? How come we're not saying Democrats, Where what the you? hell are you, you know? Why are you letting this slip away, this grasp? And then they would turn around and say, well, thank you for Trump, Mr. Republican. Lightfoot was, uh, well, my <laughs> position on Trump is that he uh, can do less damage. He, he will do less damage to this country than socialism. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Lightfoot was endorsed by the Chicago Sun-Times and the Chicago Tribune, as well as U.S. Representatives Jesus Chai Garcia and Robin Kelly. Preckwinkle had the endorsement of several unions, including the Service Employees International Union State Council, the Teamsters Joint Council, and the local 700 and other unions. Boy, that says something, that she was defeated with that kind of support behind yeah, her. Yeah. As well as U.S. Representatives Jane I'm sorry, Jan Schakowsky, Bobby Rush, and Danny Davis. This is according to NBC Chicago. Plus, Preckwinkle, get this, Preckwinkle, lost. And she had the endorsement of Chance the Rapper. (laughs) Come on. She had the endorsement of Chance the Rapper. Chance is huge. He doesn't just throw those out there. No, you've got to work hard to get Chance the Rapper. Yes. Man, alive, and she's lost. She's 72 years old. I don't know how old... uh, the uh, Lightfoot is. Uh, does it make any difference? She's 56. She was an assistant U.S. attorney before she entered private practice. She has never held elective office. 
And uh, now wow. the city council is uh, ripe with new. I hope somebody sends him the Venezuela articles. What did They're socialists in that. Venezuela do for drinking water before they were socialist? <laughs> they had drinking water. They went to their they went to the faucet in their kitchen. It was a wealthy country at one point, not that long ago. Terribly wealthy country, uh, and uh, so was the United States. And we're not. I'm not saying Chicago was. Uh, I'm not saying the residents of Chicago are going to be drinking out of the gutter, uh, at least in my lifetime. No. <laughs> those vo- I don't know. Those voters are, are are they just looking for somebody that's honest, that's not a corrupt? No, people are not anymore because mafioso. if you're like that and you have any conservative tendencies at this local level, plug in whatever but city you want, you are you're shunned. Matt, what I'm saying is Chicago has been cr- corrupt since the get-go. You don't have to go uh, very far back for a very current example. Uh, look at the way the Smollett case was handled. True. You don't, that was all inside political BS. And the cops were really upset. Yeah, 100% corruption, cops. if yeah. you ask me. Yeah. But you know what? More power to Lightfoot. If she can straighten it out, okay. That's fine with me. Maybe. I got people who live there. They don't live in Cook County, fortunately. Maybe Chicago deserves socialism. Oh, absolutely. Are they just so far gone that they, okay, you get it. How about that, though? 2.7 million Venezuelans have fled, yeah, including the brains. Amazing number. The kinds of people who could provide electricity. Fled you know? to where? That's, well, they just, are they coming here? Everywhere. everywhere emigrated. Any country right now is better than Venezuela. Right. And that is a country that you had to work hard to screw up because oh, they had oil all rich. that oil. Yep. Yeah, just mm-hmm. money and... Gorgeous location, yep. right on the sea, uh, and that's just shot. It's mm-hmm. just completely shot. Yeah. I don't want to ever see the... I hate to think that my kids are going to grow up in a... My kids, I used to have kids, are going to grow up in a country where they're scooping water like Louis Zamperini out of the gutter. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, Detroit. Is that cleaned up yet? It's, it's, uh, it's, you're not drinking out of the gutter. Uh, but wait, AOC told me that was as a result of man-made climate change, what happened in Flint, Michigan. You're thinking of Flint. That was a political corruption oh, problem. Oh, okay. That was a, that was a political you, uh, corruption problem. You insiders call her AOC? Yeah. AOC. Yeah. AOC. Well, Occasional course. She and I are tight, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, we'll be back. Garage Logic would like to give a tip of the cap to a Minnesota company that is celebrating their 100-year anniversary. Hail to Jefferson Lines. That's right. In 1919, Jefferson Lines started providing Minnesota communities bus transportation, earning a reputation of quality, service, and innovation at affordable prices. That same reputation continues today, like being one of the first companies to offer free Wi-Fi on every single bus. You can kick back and still listen to GL on your trip. Head to jeffersonlines.com to book. Book your trip today. Wherever you're headed in Minnesota or throughout the Midwest, good luck. Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for 100 years. And here's to 100 more. You cannot stop it. You just make a move. I love sending Chris emails. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Let's visit the failed academy. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. 
George Washington University. I'm assuming that's in Washington, D.C. Would you look it up? They have uh, the kids there. Call them kids. They're not really kids. What are they? Students. Uh, Young learners. Yeah. Sponges. George Washington University students voted to replace their mascot, George the Colonial, which have been criticized by many as being offensive <laughs> to the students. The father of our country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's the damn place? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Come on. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. I'm Circle a bad waiter. Circle of thought. Uh, it's, yeah, in it's in Washington, D.C. According to Campus Reform, 50 port... 54% of the George Washington students who voted in their student elections supported removal of the mascot. However, it's unclear whether administrators will follow through with removing the mascot. One student said she felt the mascot was a little white supremacist. Oh. <laughs> no, here's what she said. A little white supremacist. Wow. The word colonial invokes an image of white men coming to take people's land said another student. See, this is why the academies failed. They're, wow. they're, these kids aren't being taught anything. They're being indoctrinated into the belief that they need to find new victimization channels. And so here they pick this uh, it's little doughboy type thing dressed up with a flag or something. Right, they're know. running out of stuff. Man. Originally, the campaign to change the mascot uh, began with a petition in 2018, and although it managed to garner over 500 votes, campus reform noted that that is less than 2% of the total student body of George Washington University. What's missing in this debate is any sort of common sense whatsoever, said campus reform correspondent Abigail Maroon. She got it right, Right. and, and she goes on to say more. Yeah, there's a huge difference between being a colonial, which is our mascot, and uh, and, and, and colonialism, right. uh, which the students are saying the mascot is representative of, which is not the case at all, Maroney said. But the kids, uh, and again, I, I, I suppose it's important to keep in context that, so maybe this is 500 kids on a campus of... 7,000. Uh, what do we got? Students, 27,000. 27,000. Without looking, what do you think their endowment is, Joe? I don't know. $1.73 billion. Right. Uh, important to keep that in context. That, okay, it, it, it gets a little news because 500 kids uh, believe that it's offensive. But they're, they're being the, – the academy has failed because – the kids are not being taught anything, generally speaking. No, they're taught to be stupid. They're being told that they should be offended, that they should look for new ways to be offended. What a way to teach. Oh, they're being taught wrong. It's, it's not that they're being told to look for new ways to be offended. It's pointed out to them that everything is a potential victimization trigger. Mm-hmm. So therefore they can continue to find it and find it and find it. So you look at the you look at the mascot of the place and that's a potential. What can we what can we find there? Well, that's colonialization. That's evil white supremacy and patriarchy. Slave and, and, owner. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the they it's got to go. It's got to go. What's their team nicknamed? Can you find Colonials. That? Is, is it the Colonials? Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's not going to last long. At the rate the failed academy's going, that won't last long. But look at... Uh, How far are we away from renaming everything that has George Washington's name in it? Not far. Not far. At Hofstra University, the students want to get rid of the statue of Thomas Jefferson on campus. 
Because he was a sexual predator and he owned slaves. Thomas Jefferson. And created most of what this country's about. So Who went to... Uh, he might just have been in love with that slave lady. What was her name? Sally? Hemings. Yeah. yeah. Sally what local uh, politician went to Hofstra? Uh, Norm, Norm Coleman. Coleman. And uh, what National Football League team uh, trained, uh, had its training at Hofstra? Might still. That you got me on. I don't New know. York Jets. Oh. Mm-hmm. I know my Hofstra. Hmm. What's the name of the group that uh, Norm Coleman uh, roadied for at Woodstock? Ten years after? That's right. Ten years after. In any event, yeah, the kids at uh, Hofstra uh, want uh, the statue of Thomas Jefferson to be put in a museum so that it can be seen in the uh, correct cultural significance. Yes, you in the uh, back. But how much voice do these kids actually have? Uh, uh, there, plenty. You I, think I, so? I predict that statue will be gone. Because... Recall the video we had last week that we played on the air where um, the campus reform guy, forget his name. Yeah, was, was asking him about socialism and then how did it, How do you feel about uh, sharing your grade point average? Which uh, with other students that had lower grade point average mm-hmm. and they were against it. I mean, it just it just shows how, how, how stupid their thinking actually is. But you actually think that uh, there's going to be a groundswell of... of, of of giving these kids more attention than they actually deserve? They're they're acting in concert with the school administrators. The school administrators do nothing to disabuse uh, kids at George Washington of the idea that the, the uh, uh, mascot mm. is is offensive. The administrators are acting in concert with the kids. Did You're you right. quote the student sophomore Andrew uh, Heschbacher? No. It's, it's very wrong uh, for us to call ourselves an open and welcoming university when the name means such demise and terror for students who could possibly come here. Isn't that amazing? Colonial. Isn't that amazing? Colonialness, a list, excuse me, terrorist, murderer. In a lot of places, that's what colonials mean to people. Well, how soon will this affect the real estate market? Oof. What do you mean? Well, you can't describe a house as colonial. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're, we're, we're upending everything. You know, every, you know who's a notable graduate of, of uh, George Washington? Who? The current guy in Venezuela, the acting president, uh, Juan Guaido. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Juan Guaido. You know, every wow. absurd question we ask ends up coming true. Colin Powell went to George Washington. How long before huh. we rename Washington, D.C.? You know, that's an absurd question. It's in the future. It depends how thoroughly the mystery will triumph unless we push back enough to stall the mystery or stop it in its tracks. That's why I think Trump, as unsavory as he is, can do far less damage to this country than Marxist well, socialism. When you put it that way, then I think Trump's doing a hell of a lot of good because Trump, Trump's not going to change the name of Washington D.C. He he is he's pushing back, and mm-hmm. the people that voted for him think they're pushing back too. Well, so they did. They pushed yeah. back by voting oh, for him. Yeah. But good lord! Uh, well, you've already got uh, Kenny. You've already what's the church rook in uh, Virginia uh, that already had to take out George Washington's pew? Oh, remember that? Yes. Me. Oh no, no. Because that could be offensive. His own church? The church yeah, I think he, he was probably a, built the damn thing. The church he was a member of? Yeah, uh, yeah a church. In, I think it's Falls Church. Life I think it's Falls Church, Virginia. so absurd. And uh, they had to take out the Washington pew uh, because it was found to be offensive to people. He is the father mm-hmm. of our bleeping country. But you have to remain, re, remind yourself, Mysterians don't like this country. They want to reshape it. Mysterians don't like this country. 
This it's is Alexandria, of Virginia. Christ Church. Christ Church yeah. in Alexandria, Virginia, will remove memorials of Washington and former Confederate General Robert E. Lee, which stand on either side of the church's altar. The plaques in our sanctuary make some in our presence feel unsafe or unwelcome. Church leaders said some visitors and guests who worship with us choose not to return because they receive an unintended message from the prominent presence of the plaques. Washington began attending the church soon after it opened in 1773 and bought a pew there. He attended for more than 20 20 years. (laughs) Good luck with Positive Thursday tomorrow. (laughs) Boy, is my work cut out for me tomorrow. We're counting on you. <laughs> so this isn't absurd to them. This is just part of their agenda. Absolutely. We're the ones seeing it as absurd. We're seeing it absurd because we like the United States. Oh. I like America. Hell, I'll, I'll go so far as to say I love it here. Me too. I, I don't want to live anywhere else. It's too cold up in Canada. Otherwise, I'd go there. <laughs> Wait a minute. When is this? This date came. When did this come out? I believe we talked about this in about 2017. October. And now. 2017. Look at the last. While that debate has focused primarily on Confederate memorials, President Trump suggested shortly after the Charlottesville protests that taking down some memorials would eventually lead to statues of Washington or Thomas Jefferson well, being removed as well. And Trump was right. He's right. Hofstra University. Let's get rid of Thomas Jefferson. Kid, you wouldn't have a Hofstra University without Thomas Jefferson. Kid, you wouldn't have the United States without George Washington. They don't care. They don't like it. They don't like this country. They want to reshape it in their vision. They want to equal. Mm-hmm. They want misery shared equally. But to your point, a couple of minutes ago, I don't even know what my point well, is. Well, you, you, you said it's not that they don't like it. They are being told that they well, shouldn't. Back like to it. the college kids. Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's screwing everybody up. Now they're all. Oh, yeah, we can't have this, and not realizing they're erasing history. The academy has failed because the academy has identified or attempts to identify every important dynamic of American culture can be viewed as a trigger for offensiveness. And then as you play it out and you sort it out, there goes Washington's pew. There goes Thomas Jefferson's statue. There goes the colonial mascot. There goes uh, Lake Harriet. Uh, It's just, it'll never end. You can't end. It's a thankless task to try and end that. And that's why, you know what? One size rarely fits all anymore. You understand that? That's why you got to get in touch with Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They tailor the insurance program you need to your business. They offer property and casualty, life and disability income insurance to businesses in select industries, best marketing representatives in the business. They get to know you, the owner, and how your operation works, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. Driving, they'll take care of you with liability, cyber attack, check that out, data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. A beautiful lawn is just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Log on, fire up that phone, schedule a free in-person, no-obligation lawn care estimate right now at ProfessionalTurf.com. You do that, a seasoned lawn care vet's going to come to your house, analyze your situation, then come up with a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed control program that's not only environmentally safe, but also absolutely guaranteed for superior results. You will have the best lawn on the block. Do it now, Professional Turf. 
Life.com. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. They want to name the uh, George Washington University, they want to name it the Hippos. That I can't believe the hippos, the, the, hippos. hippos. The, the hippos or river horses. Really? What? Yeah, river well, horses. Good luck to them. And the Washington Post uh, article shows a picture of the the lady that started this standing by a statue of a hippo rubbing its nose for good, its snout for good luck. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well. Here's John Height. Uh, brought to us by ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you, Kenny and Joe. Six states, including Minnesota and the District of Columbia, are suing the Department of Agriculture, accusing the federal agency of weakening nutritional standards in school meals. Lawsuit filed on Wednesday in Manhattan Federal Court. The lawsuit asked the court to overturn changes in standards regarding sodium and whole grains. New York, California, Illinois, Minnesota, New Mexico, Vermont joined the District of Columbia as plaintiffs, saying the charges were arbitrary and or changes, excuse me, were arbitrary and capricious. The Justice Department did not immediately comment. This lawsuit comes after the Trump administration scaled back contested school lunch standards implemented under the Obama administration, including one that required that only whole grains be served. The last year it served, it estimated 30 million people. Police are asking for the public's help in finding a sculpture. This is this is wrong, whoever this person is, that was stolen from an Army veteran's home in Coon Rapids. Coon Rapids police said the sculpture was stolen at about 4 in the morning last Thursday. The sculpture is about 7 feet tall and has MK08 carved onto the base, along with a brass plate on the base that has the artist's name, Mark Kurtz. Police said the sculpture was stolen from an Army veteran who has a strong emotional attachment to the item, Police added it represents his time of service to the country, and the statue was a gift from his children. There is video of the suspect. Uh, hard to make it out, though. It appears to show a white male wearing a dark wig and gloves. Police are asking residents to watch for the item in community and online sales groups. If you have any information, you're asked to call the Coon Rapids Police Department. Uh, if you'd like to see that picture of the uh, suspect, uh, you can go to kstp.com where uh, you can see the picture. Is that the only thing taken from the home? Yes. What so is a, it valuable? Uh, it's large and very cool looking. So yes, and I would what assume. What is it? I mean, it's, it's a statue an eagle. of what? It's an eagle. Eagle. Oh, eagle. An eagle. Yes, uh, and it's it's tall and uh, very. Uh, state, well, let's get it back looking. to the guy. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, the latest on that mass murder situation in Mandan, North Dakota, four people's bodies found at RJR Maintenance and Management Monday morning. An employee of RJR this morning told uh, KFYR-TV they had no comment at this time, but are working with a private investigator and will be releasing a statement sometime uh-huh. in the coming days regarding the murders. The business is back up and running today after being shut down for two days. According to the police department, investigators are working through the evidence they've collected over the last two days, but doesn't expect to give an update today. Mandan PD uh, Lori Flayton says autopsies are still being conducted by the medical examiner's office. Clayton says other agencies like the Bismarck Police, the FBI, and ATF have reached out to offer resources to help. Clayton also says they've received a lot of tips from the public, including surveillance video from surrounding businesses. Back way up, a private investigator? Yeah, I don't understand. Rockfish? Yeah, apparently. (laughs) The FBI's reaching out and you're working with a private investigator? And it's the people who work there, so I don't know what that says about what they think about the investigation or... uh, When are they going to come clean about what went down? uh, I talked to uh, 
This my, is ludicrous. My brother, who's uh, we've talked about him before, right. former news director, yeah. he said the Mandan police have always been very protective of information. What are they, in, mafia? In cases like this, that they don't like to give a lot of information out. Uh, most I, most police departments don't, but he said they're they're especially tight-lipped usually about situations like this. So. I don't know. Did Mandan have its own television station, or did you have to watch Bismarck? You had to watch Bismarck. That's what I thought. Uh, KFYR. Suburb, huh? Yeah. That one uh, station that I talked about in the story, I actually worked there. And I also worked at their radio station. Really? And I worked at their FM station. In Bismarck. In Bismarck, yeah. So obviously Bismarck's a bigger deal. Well, yeah, Bismarck's the state capital. Seventy-five thousand people. Yeah. Mandan's yeah, twenty-two thousand. Just a little. <laughs> Bismarck has tall buildings, doesn't it? Mandan's it's like a second-ring suburb. One, one tall building. One tall building. The state capital is eighteen floors high. That's, okay, that's it. Have so, elevators, like an apartment complex. Have uh, <laughs> elevators made their way to uh, Mandan yet? <laughs> have elevators in Mandan? Hey, we have too. listeners in North Dakota, and I love every one of them. And well, we, there's or all three of them. There's also a lot of transplanted Mandan Bismarck people who listen to the podcast. That's that right. Live that's here. That's right. So, that used to listen to the radio. They fled. They live here for a they reason. Emigrate. They like they get out of there fast enough. They emigrated. Much, <laughs> much like I do, they love the Bismarck Mandan area. Yeah. So especially tough at, winters, though, Johnny. Especially tough they winters. are. Especially at night when you don't have to see the Mandan. Bismarck tough winters, area. though. <laughs> Thank you for putting Mandan first. Aren't Canada. the winters tougher than here? Yeah, they are. They're windy. There's no and, trees. They're windy and yeah. cold, and yeah. nothing blocks the wind. No, there's no wind. There's no trees. No. It's, uh, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly four years after nine minutes. The men- best way to see Mandan is, drive, in, your, I know this is in your rearview mirror. Yeah. <laughs> because you drive through the hill. You've mentioned the hill yeah, before. I, lo- I have to admit, I do love 94 through uh, Mandan yeah. Bismarck. It's, it's pretty cool. You go down over the Missouri and back mm-hmm. up the hill. It is awesome. And the hill has Mandan on, on it. <laughs> you set me up. Like Hollywood? <laughs> like the Hollywood sign? It's like that, but with rocks. But then don't you yeah. also, right across from the freeway, have the world's most, the world's biggest, like, Cow statue. That's in New Salem. That's t- about twenty-five miles down the road. You Jesus keep going on the other side. You got a gigantic <laughs> cow. Now you got the giant buffalo in Jamestown. Giant buffalo in Jamestown. You He's a that. trained radio <laughs> professional. And then He's you, Joe Souchere. You got the big goose statues too. That big wall they put up filled with geese. I don't know about that. Where's John? Yeah, can yes. Can you okay. save this, please? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. sure. <laughs> I was kind of enjoying it. <laughs> Guess what? You were the only one. Right. A little memory lane for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have a uh, update to a story. We talked about when all this happened four years ago, almost four years ago. Nearly four years after nine men died and another 20 were injured in a brutal melee at a Twins Peaks restaurant in Waco, Texas. Remember this? It's a biker the, gang fight. I remember this. Yeah, the bikers. Well, the local district attorney now has announced he'll dismiss the remaining 24 cases involved in the shooting. What do they think they are, Chicago? Effectively closing the criminal matter that began May 17, 2015. Jeez. If you remember, it was a Sunday. A gun battle broke out between members of the Bandidos and Cossacks. It was a gunfight at the OK Corral. Yep, and it was at a quiet outdoor shopping mall. In the aftermath of the shootout, officials said they found more than 300 weapons in the kitchen areas between sacks of flour, bags of tortilla chips, inside vehicles, down toilets of the restaurant, which has since, by the way, closed. Outside, blood pooled and bodies were draped between hundreds of motorcycles as men and women were lined up to be handcuffed. More than 200 people were shuttled on city buses to the city's convention center to be detained. Most transferred to the McLennan County Jail, where 177 were held on charges of engaging in organized criminal activity in lieu of $1 million bond. Motorcyclists and others were heavily critical of the mass arrests. 
A grand jury chose to indict 155 of those people, but only one man, Bandidos Dallas County Chapter President Jacob Corizal, was tried by former District Attorney Abel Arena. That case ended in a mistrial. Dallas Attorney Dan Title, who represents about 120 of the bikers in civil lawsuits, told the Tribune Herald's Tommy Witherspoon that, quote, things would have gone differently if law enforcement had stuck with their original plan to focus on individuals who may have been involved in the violence and let the rest of the motorcyclists go after being interviewed. So uh, nothing, no court cases out of that. Americans borrowing about $88 billion dollars over the last year to pay for health care, according to a new survey released by Gallup and the nonprofit West Health. The survey also found that one in four Americans have skipped treatment because of the cost and that nearly half fear bankruptcy in the event of a health emergency. There was a partisan divide when respondents were asked whether they believe that the U.S. health care system is among the best in the world. Among Republicans, 67 percent said they thought so, 38 percent among Democrats but Democrats and Republicans had similar responses about putting off medical treatment. Asked if they deferred treatment because of cost, 27% of Democrats said they had, 21% of Republicans said they had, and 30% of independents said they had. A new pack of condoms that can only be opened by two people at once. Wow, how romantic. Have been launched to promote consent. How does that work, I wonder? <laughs> You hold on here. Hang on. You know, when a man loves a woman. No, no. How do you, what, Stand what, back. How do you design a package that I, must be open I like to start people. by k- kind of kissing the neck yeah. and move back and nibble on the ear. I just want to know the, how you, uh, why, what device they well, put in Well, here's, here's how it works, Joe. The consent pack condoms open only when four hands simultaneously press. At least okay. four. Okay, so everybody stop. Four. How about Roycey and his bride? <laughs> Well, uh, hey, no, let's, uh, no, no. how do you get this like, this is not like opening a bag of bleeping potato chips. Which we had to teach him how to do. Yes. You know, I usually well, have you, to have uh, a scissor to stab it. Maybe you can teach me this, too. I'm having a little trouble. So I'd, four uh, hands put on there, John. Now, put your left hand. Now your left hand. It's like twister. Left hand lower. Four All hands. Right, hang on. I got it. I'll, I'll pull. Pull so, harder. No, no, on the, uh, on the wrapper. On the wrapper. The four hands simultaneously press special pressure points on the side of the packet. Oh, I think we got it. It flew over here on the other. I'll grab it. It's in the corner. Hang on. The mood has passed. <laughs> yeah, let's just go out to dinner. Argentinian contraceptive firm Tulipon says the product will make consent during sex clearer. The company plans to give the condoms away for free in bars and <sighs> events in the Argentinian capital city of Buenos Aires. are you taking home a pack of uh, free condoms no. from a bar? And I'd rather read. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather read. The company plans to give them away. And uh, Isn't this uh, awfully discriminatory towards those without uh, limbs? Yeah, what if you don't have hands? Or just have one. What, yeah. if, what if it's just me? Well, you can. Then you got to bring in other people, right? You can apply pressure I in other ways. Hey, you Step live around on. here? Can I borrow you for a second? Here, hang on. Come on now. <laughs> oh, God. oh gosh, I'm not going to. Right here. I don't want you to stick around. I just want you to open this damn thing. You're surprised that story went south, huh, John? Yeah, I'm going to skip the serious. I had some serious stories there, but yeah, I think we'll go to some that. other stuff to start with. Well. You can wrap it up anytime you want. Traffic. <laughs> We've been done for a while, John. Well, you know, I'm not here to. You know, Pat literally had to be taught how to open a bag of chips. Remember? Oh, that? I watched. Yeah, and all you I do watched. is grab the top 
the bag yeah. and spread it apart. Oh. And he said, I didn't know he did it that way. Yeah, I had to get yeah. a scissor and stab it and get a knife. It, and, uh, it used to be when we were over there, you know, everybody puts food on that cupboard. You yeah. could always tell when Pat left chips or popcorn because yeah. the whole bag would be mutilated. Yeah, just like we open. shared a desk. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up about this. Yeah. Oh, it was such a mess. You could Every always tell day. when Kenny showed up. Oh, oh my bleeping God. <laughs> I swear to God, he'd dump a plate of spaghetti right on the desk and then grab it and go <laughs> <laughs> into his mouth with no utensils or no plate. I, I don't could think have used he did a comb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, usually that bag will double as a bib. I have it so I can hook it right around my neck here. And... Traffic police in the Chinese city of Lizhao got the shock of their career after they pulled over a motorcycle driver, only to find that instead of a driver's license, he had a handwritten piece of paper that he'd glued his picture on. Sure. <laughs> Faking official documents is common practice, of course, uh, in a lot of areas around the world, including China, but in most of those cases... People go out of their way to make sure the forgeries look as genuine as possible. Ancient Chinese secret. Not this fella, though. Uh, he just made sure to include all the necessary details on the fake driver's license, even though all he did was scribble them on a piece of paper, <laughs> hoping it would be enough for police. It was not enough for police. When they pulled over the silver motorcycle, He didn't expect uh, they didn't expect to see the driver's license. The man, surnamed Tang, didn't seem nervous when the officers asked for his documents. The driver's license itself had a regular cover, so there was nothing to prepare police for what they saw when they opened it. Officer said he behaved very calmly as he took out the license. Inside the normal-looking driver's license cover was that simple piece of paper ripped out of a school notebook with his picture glued to it and the handwritten So well, I, actually, I actually have a question. This happened, yes. this happened in China, correct? That's correct. So they did put him to death, right? Well, as a matter of fact... Uh, uh, Tang's motorcycle was seized by police, and he was asked to make sure and report the next day to authorities. So. I don't want to hear any more about that. Good. Been seen feel good. Yep, I don't want to hear any more about this guy ever again. Mr. Tang? Mr. Tang. That's well, his problem. That's a, that's a funny last name. Yep. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank First you. name of... I'm sorry the last ten don't, minutes collapsed. Don't, 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 Kenny. No, 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 you're, right. you're done now. Your, your offerings are complete. <laughs> Thanks, G. Ellis, for Wait, tuning in. what's his first name? I don't get it. Mr. Ah. Mr. Tang. Hey, garagelogic.com is a warehouse of information for all sorts of podcasts that we've done over the last several months, but also there's some great visuals. And we've got Mr. Greg Holcomb's beautiful cartoons that capture Garage Logic in its entirety and very accurate. Also, what's the latest thing that Joe's reading? Well, find out what is on his bookshelf. Go to garagelogic.com. Also, remember Apple iTunes, you can rate us, good, bad, or indifferent. We love the feedback. GarageLogic.com podcast version. We'll catch you next time.